And we are live. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to Toxic Masculinity. The wife is gone again. What is she doing today? Does she have a headache? Is she working? No, no. No, no, no. She is off with her friends. Unbelievable. Um, I do think she'll be back tomorrow. Not 100%, but uh, we will see about that. In the meantime, I would like to complain a little bit about human beings. <laughs> this isn't anything about politics. It's about my musical tastes, okay? So I, um, <laughs> I, I use Pandora. I don't know if you guys use Pandora, uh, but I use Pandora. I, I actually use Spotify and Pandora, and I subscribe to both, which tells you how much of a sucker I am. But I like some things about Spotify. I like some things about Pandora. One thing I like about Pandora is I like the suggestions that they make. I think they give some pretty good suggestions. If I pick a song, I get this flood of new music that, that uh, oftentimes I quite like. And <clears throat> what I didn't realize until, like, yesterday. Good morning from Nepal. What in the world? Shamit Bikram Shah. Holy moly, Nepal. Well, it is it is good to have you on the show, sir, in the chat. Uh, that's fantastic. I love that I'm reaching Nepal. That's amazing. That's very, very cool. Um, <laughs> Ashley, why are you distracting people with questions about the new zombie movie on Netflix? That's... Okay, you know what? You want me to interject with the news? We'll put the Pandora thing on pause. We'll get back to it. I'll go... Let me talk to you about the new zombie movie on Netflix. I saw it, and I was shocked at how bad it was, considering that it was uh, it was directed by uh, the same guy that did Man of Steel and all that stuff. So I don't like Man of Steel. I don't like um, Justice League. I don't like any of those movies. Um, but they're competently made, right? I mean, the, the level of quality of special effects and cinematography, all like top tier. So when I saw this movie, I just thought, what are you doing? I actually really liked the the cinematography. I saw a critique from Red Letter Media that said the cinematography is no good. I'm like, were we even watching the same movie? Yeah, Shallow Depth of Field is a stylistic choice, you morons. Anyway, um, there's a guy in Red Letter Media named Mike. Not a fan of Mike. Uh, Mike, Mike is a little bit too smug with his opinions about movies. There's a big difference between recognizing something as... Uh, you know, a failure of quality and recognizing something as something that doesn't suit your tastes. Those are big differences. All right, just saying. Uh, but that said, the zombie movie, there's a lot wrong with it. There's a lot wrong with it. But okay, but I will, I don't want to get too much into that. I want to talk about Pandora for a second. Zombie movie over, Army of the Dead, it's called. Yeah. It is not phenomenal. It is not phenomenal, Ashley. Do not mislead these people. If you're going to watch it, watch it with low expectations. The acting is hilariously bad. Um, Tig Navarro, who I've worked with and I like, actually like her personally, uh, despite the fact that she's a lesbian. <laughs> not, not, not that really matters anyway. But uh, Tig Navarro, I just didn't think she could land the lines correctly. Like that part was clearly written for a guy. And then she comes in and she does it. And I'm just thinking like, why did you guys bring her in? I mean... And again, personally, I like her. I've I've interacted with her in real life 
fairly briefly. I don't think she, I don't know if she would remember me, but but I've interacted with her before. I enjoyed the the you know talking to her. She's cool. I like her. I actually like her personally, but I I didn't like her in that movie. Anyway, I do actually like her. Yes. <laughs> But let's move on to Pandora, because I want to complain about Pandora. So I found out today, or yesterday, that the music that you compile on Pandora is visible to the world. Like, anybody can find it. And people are going on my Pandora, not fans or anything, just regular people on Pandora, finding my radio station and going, you know, and clicking like or dislike. And there's a couple of my channels that have a kind of a good ratio, like two-thirds of the people like it and a third of the people don't. But most of my channels are like 50 50. It's like half the people, like you either love the music that I'm listening to or you don't, or you hate the music I'm listening to. Well, if you hate the music I'm listening to, why do you even thumbs down? Just don't listen to that channel. That's bizarre to me. Uh, but like, what was really weird is that, to, like, you know how we all have uh, music that we like and that we are not ashamed of it, right? We'll say, like, oh, yeah, I like. Ashley says, ha, 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 I was trying to conversate before you got started. I didn't mean to distract. LOL, I'll behave now. Yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, everybody, uh, thank uh, Ashley for being so awesome. She she compiles all the stories for me, uh, the news stories for the day. So uh, she's an important part of this show. Um, anyway, so I found that, like, and I'm just thinking, like, what? but anyway, the, the stuff that was, the, what was really weird to me is that Again, like I said, we all have music that we're sort of proud of. This is the kind of music I like. This is the kind of music I listen to. And then we have stuff we're kind of ashamed that we kind of like. <laughs> you know? We don't want to tell anybody we like it. Uh, guilty pleasure, you might say. And um, I and for me, that's like 90s comedy bands. Like bands from the 90s that are like like a, like a joke band, right? Like, like Cake or Presidents of the United States of America. Or Bloodhound Gang, right? I like I like the music of all three of those bands, but they're not really. It's not really serious music. It's like goofy, silly, stupid music. That's not. And so I produced a station called Vulgar Horrible Music on Pandora that has been liked more than any of my other stations. I'm like, I don't even think this is respectable music. Why are you people liking this? <laughs> and like all of my other stations have like fifty fifty. Some people like, some people don't. But anyway, I just thought that was a weird thing. I didn't mean for that to be so long, uh, take so long. Sorry about that, guys. But I, we probably have a lot of people here now, so we can move on. To... <laughs> Ashley writes, I'm 100% ashamed that I like uh, WAP, which I think is something about sex. I don't really remember. Oh, I know what it is. I know what WAP is. Uh, I think that's Cardi B, right? Yeah, I'm not a big Cardi B fan. Can't say that I'm a Cardi B fan. There's somebody, Doja Cat. There's a song from a, a, an artist called Doja Cat that I thought was quite good. I heard recently. Uh, but I'm not really, I don't really listen to the pop music from the pop music stations. The Weeknd is pretty good. But I'm not, I'm not really a contemporary music kind of guy. Anyway. All right. Enough with that. Hey, MK. Good to have you here. Um, all right. So let me, let me move on to the serious business of the day. What? Seriously? You were sleeping for like the last three hours. You want to say hi to everybody? Okay, come on. Come on, say hi. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, no, no, don't walk on that. Jeez, what are you nuts? No, no, no. You're getting down. Okay. He's walking on my vintage 
magazines here. All right. No, it's not what you think. Vintage. Vintage. Yeah, I showed you guys this the other day. I was like so happy about this because it's got like 1951, but it's got like Antifa on there. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, they're complaining about communists, and I want to read that and do a do an episode. What, what What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Get out. Um. All right. So let's. Sorry, guys. Let's move on to the important work of the day: the news. Let's do it. I just gotta find my list of stories here. All right. All right, we, I've got everything set up. We're, I'm all happy. Everything's great. Oh, and by the way, I am very happy right now. Life is good. Life is not just good. Life is fantastic. Everything is going very, very well for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. All right. Wow, pretty cat, says Mitchell Weber. <laughs> uh, and strange dog, is he sick? So one of those things is funny. The other one's a nice compliment. Yeah, he's a good-looking cat. He's called a bangle. Uh, they're very expensive. They're very loud. Don't get one. Do not get a bangle. They're a freaking nightmare, but they are very beautiful. All right. Story number one. This is a good one, guys. You probably heard it in the news already, but we're going to go over it because I love this story. <clears throat> Irony. Defund the police Atlanta mayoral candidate is carjacked. <laughs> so this guy is like, no, no, defund the police. I'm all on board with the Black Lives Matter defund the police movement. And he's like, what are you guys doing stealing my car? <laughs> and it was like, it was legit, like stole it in broad daylight. He was actually there. I think there were young teenagers. And yeah, he was just screwed, right? So, all right, let's have a look here at this. Uh, an Atlanta city councilman who's aiming to be the city's next mayor had his car stolen by children in broad daylight Wednesday, according to reports. They were I don't think they were actually children, uh, probably teenagers. Councilman Antonio Brown, um, defund the police, I mean, honestly, who, who clearly wears Malcolm X style glasses, which I actually have the same glasses, so I shouldn't complain. But I don't uh, I, I don't have them because of Malcolm X. I just like old-fashioned-y, classic-looking stuff. I'm sure he wears those because of Malcolm X. Douche. Anyway, Councilman Antonio Brown was attending a ribbon-cutting ceremony at an event in Northeast Atlanta around noon when at least four kids jumped in his car and took off. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you don't immediately think, oh, these kids are going to steal my car, Brown said, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution? That's the name of the newspaper? That's kind of funny. The incident occurred amidst a amidst. I just added a couple of a couple of letters for some reason. A recent crime wave in the city. Brown, who joined the city's mayoral race less than a week ago, is running on a campaign of reimagining police safety. Have you guys heard that? I mean, that's what they're saying. Basically, every Democrat who talks about defunding the police calls it reimagining. Oh, uh, sorry, public safety. Reimagining public safety. They all call it that. Oh, God. The, the way Democrats convolute language in order to try to get away with crap is just, I don't know. It's a tactic. It's a tactic used by the left. We don't, we don't do it. You know, what, you know what conservatives don't do? We don't change words. We don't use, like, tricky words to try to get away with trying to sell people crap. You know why? Because we don't try to sell people crap. We try to sell people improved quality of life. We don't have to make up stupid words to try to sell it. Let's see here. Reimagining public safety. What a bunch of garbage. 
Last year, he voted in support of an ordinance to withhold $73 million from the budget of the Atlanta Police Department. The ordinance was narrowly voted down. Brown said the thieves jumped into his vehicle Wednesday after he got out out to speak with community leader Ben Norman. He noted his white Mercedes-Benz coupe uh, has keyless... He noted, not noticed, he noted that his uh, white Mercedes-Benz coupe has a keyless push-to-start ignition, and he failed to realize that it had been started, reports said. They are quite quiet. I've driven um, the keyless Mercedes uh, vehicles. They are, they're fairly quiet. They're fairly quiet. They also, the engine also shuts off at stoplights, which is a bit disconcerting if you, if you, uh, if you're just, if you're new to that, you're like, why don't my car just shut off? (laughs) I've never owned a Mercedes, but I used to do, um, I used to be a valet many, many years ago. Uh, back when that was like a very new feature. And uh, yeah, it freaked me out. Freaked me out. Uh, let's see here. The ordinance was narrowly da- uh, voted down. Brown said the thieves jumped into his vehicle Wednesday after he got out. So I already read that. Okay. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. The councilman described the kids as being between... I mean, sorry, another slight discretion. Uh, not slight discretion. Slight digression. He's driving around in a Mercedes-Benz. This is one thing I cannot stand about the people who support like Black Lives Matter and crap like that. This guy is clearly a relatively well-to-do... Well, he looks mixed race, but well-to-do black man or whatever he is. And, you know, he's supporting an organization that, which essentially claims that black people are oppressed in America. But he's riding around in a white Mercedes-Benz. You know who doesn't have a white Mercedes-Benz? Me. I don't have a white Mercedes-Benz. And probably most of you guys don't have white Mercedes-Benzes. In fact, we all have worse cars. Um, well, maybe some of you have nicer cars. I don't know. But, like, I, you know, I'm not, like, the most famous YouTuber in the world, but I'm a relatively successful YouTuber. I make a, a, a decent amount of money. But I'm still, like, a middle-class person. I don't drive around in, like, high-end cars like that. But this guy does. He's obviously better off than I am. He's more privileged than I am. He's in a position of power as a councilman in Atlanta. He's running for mayor. He might have the power of the office of mayor. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of power. That's a lot of money. He's doing relatively well for himself, obviously. No no oppression here. And that's one thing that that Valeria always gets annoyed with because, you know, we we are sometimes in Beverly Hills walking around... um, we do some stuff in Beverly Hills sometimes. Uh, our dentist is there, and we have some other stuff. And um, whenever we go to Beverly Hills, and occasionally I'll buy her some nice little thing. And Beverly Hills has nice little stores. They sell nice little packaged stuff and whatnot. But whenever we're there, it's almost always black people, Asians. Black people and Asians. It's almost always black people and Asians. You very rarely see white people in Beverly Hills anymore. That's like... that's. That's the Beverly Hills of the 80s. That doesn't happen anymore. It's almost all black people and Asians in Beverly Hills. And they're all driving like G-Wagons and, you know, uh, Lexus and and Mercedes and BMW and, um, you know, whatever. Like like Ferraris, some of them, and and, uh, Humvees and all kinds of like really nice cars, really, really expensive cars. And so Valeria... Valeria will often and and they're like filled in the 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 like the high end stores they're all filled with black people and Asians right I mean it's just and there's these lines that go for like around the block of mostly black people going shopping at like you know Gucci or whatever 
And whenever Valeria sees one of these, you know, one of these, um, you know, usually black black people in in Beverly Hills in like a super super nice car or with like super luxury stuff, she always goes, "Chris, Chris, look, look at the oppression." <laughs> I love. I was like, "Yeah, they're oppressed. They're oppressed." Um, case in point. Case in point. Uh, the councilman described the kids as being between ages six and twelve. I don't know. I mean, do you think that's legitimate? That they're between 6 and 12? Or do you think he just said that? That seems weird. Maybe he's not good at estimating ages. I would. I find it hard to believe that they're kids between age and 6 and 12. Maybe. Maybe the gangbangers in, in, uh, in Atlanta have figured out, well, we'll get children to steal cars, and that way they won't, they'll just go to juvenile court. They won't go to prison. They'll be fine. Uh, one kid was in the driver's seat. Ben attempted to open the door to get him out of the car. He fought with Ben... I then engaged and tried to get him out of the car. The three other kids were trying to figure out how to get in the car or stay out of the car. He started to hit on the gas, Brown said. Brown added that he held onto the car in an attempt to stop them and was dragged about a block down the road before letting go. Holy smokes. I started to speed up. I knew that if I didn't let go, I knew that I probably could have killed myself because he was going so fast. I could have started to tumble. I would have started to tumble and I would have hurt him, he says. I don't know what the hell that's but I don't understand how that works, but whatever. But if these guys are between the ages of 6 and 12, take a good look at this guy. Antonio Brown, he looks like he's something like 30, maybe. So a 30-year-old man is in a physical fight with a 12-year-old or younger. 12-year-old or younger. And he lost? Uh, somebody needs to go to the gym, Antonio Brown. What What are you doing with yourself? You can't, you get in a physical fight with a 12-year-old and you lose? The 12-year-old won the physical fight and drove off with your car. Here's what you gotta do with the 12-year-old who's in your car. That's it. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> 12-year-olds cannot fight you. That doesn't make any sense. You're a 30-year-old man. I don't know how old he actually is. I'm saying that, but. You're, you're, you're a grown-ass adult man, and you can't fight a 12-year-old. What the hell is wrong with you? But I don't know. Maybe maybe he's lying about the... I don't know why he would lie about that, but... It seems weird that children would be stealing a car, but okay, fine. Children stole your car, and you couldn't fight them off. You gotta eat some vegetables, buddy. Get some steak in you. Stop eating cornflakes, whatever the, whatever the hell that you're eating that's making you into a wimp. What's not cornflakes are, are okay. They're not great. It's basically carbs, right? Let's, let's, what's something that maybe a, a more weak person would eat every single day? Lucky Charms? Yeah, yeah. Lay off the Lucky Charms, Antonio. <laughs> Dig into some steak. Treat yourself. You got a, you got a Mercedes. Maybe he, he spent all his money on Mercedes. He only has enough money for Lucky Charms. Can't afford, <laughs> can't afford a gym membership, apparently. All right, let's see here. Uh, as he started to speed up... Okay, I read that part. Uh, Brown doesn't have... Sorry. Uh, Brown doesn't plan on filing charges against the kids who he said acted out of desperation. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they did They acted out of desperation. Yeah, yeah. They're going to trade that Mercedes in for some bowls of soup. <laughs> but let, let me tell you something about America, guys. Poor people are not desperate. Poor people are not desperate. There's no desperation in America. Nobody's flipping starving to death. All right? No, nobody's like, nobody's going, 
Grandma, I'm cold. I'm cold. Can can you give me another? Oh, we don't have any more blankets because, you know, you're using them for the baby. Okay. Stuff is cheap, guys. Stuff is cheap these days. I mean, we have Target. We have. You can buy you can buy stuff for pennies on Amazon. I mean, I mean, people are people are good. Like people are good. Poor people live better today in America. Poor people live better today than kings did 300 years ago. If you're a king 300 years ago, you ha- you did not have access to the same amenities as a poor person has in America today. We are wealthy beyond imagination for most of human history. And I'm not talking about rich people today. I'm talking about poor people today. There is no kid in Atlanta that is so desperate for a bowl of soup that they're going and they're stealing a Mercedes. They're doing it because they're they're probably working with some gang who gives them money to go steal cars and bring it to a chop shop or whatever they're doing. They know the kids can't get in trouble. That, so that's my guess. That's what's happening. Either that or you think that they're children, but they're not. Acted out of desperation. Good God, this guy's pathetic. <laughs> All right, let's see here. This is a this is a generational poverty issue. What a lying piece of trash. These kids, it's 12:30 in the afternoon. Why aren't they in school? Why aren't we enforcing systems to ensure that they're sure that if they're not in school, they're in recreational centers, he said. <laughs> That's what we need. Bigger government. That's going to help the situation. Bigger government and no police. That's what we need. Atlanta police are investigating Brown's under indictment on federal fraud charges. Wait, what? I didn't I hadn't heard of that yet. Brown is under indictment on federal fraud charges related to alleged incidents that occurred in the years prior to him winning the council seat in 2019, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Holy crap, so this guy's not only is not only a councilman and running for mayor and just got his car stolen despite the fact that he voted, you know, voted to defund the police because he's a moron in Atlanta, which is like a super high crime area. But he's also probably a criminal himself. Well, no wonder he wants to defund the police. He doesn't doesn't want them catching him. These kids are probably like friends of his. Oh, oh, I won't press charges. Nobody look into this. I don't know who these people are. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, this this story just keeps getting better and better. See this guy? Scum. Scum right here. Absolutely hilarious story. Alright, well that's it for that one. I um yeah, I'm done with that. So I I, I you know, I don't know I don't know Ooh, I I hit the wrong button. That's not good. Um Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this. The guy's a moron. End of story. Done. Moving on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, this is a sad one. This is a sad one, guys. Hold on. Abel Garcia jumped in here with a super chat. I've got the... I figured out I can pop the friggin' chat window out. I actually knew I could do that. I forgot. Let's see here. So all of these days we've been doing this show, I forgot I could pop out the the, uh, chat window. He says, I was talking to my taking female hormones for one and a half uh, years, I suppose he means. Uh, he has low testosterone. He's big and fat, and he doesn't go to the gym. 
but he says he can more than likely beat those kids unlike <laughs> unlike brown yeah 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 oh i'm sure like short women who are the same age as this brown guy could take out a 12 year old child i mean it's bizarre to me what do you want what do you want don't don't go come on i love my cat but you're so needy why 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 do you need me right now if I'm, if I'm trying to hang out with you at other parts of the day, I'm like, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Or if you want to snuggle with, with Valeria, what do you do? You just walk away. All, all, like, all like arrogant. Like, I don't need you guys. <laughs> and now, now I'm doing the show. Now you want attention. Nope, not going to happen. Not going to happen, buddy. Not going to happen. All right. Go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, this story is uh, this story is a bit sad. For some of you, it might be sadder than others. I don't know. It's about John Cena. Have you guys heard this? This is ridiculous. John Cena grovels like a bitch to China. Oh yeah, I know. I'm I'm annoyed by it too. Stop! Hey, don't go away. All right. Let's see here. Where are we? There we go. Boom, boom. This is so sad, guys. So sad. John Cena apologized to the people of China after mistakenly referring to Taiwan as a country, despite the fact that Taiwan is a country. The professional wrestler and actor accidentally wandered into a very charged political topic in China. Beijingers. Sorry. Let me try that again. The professional wrestler. The, the professional wrestler and actor accidentally wandered into a very charged political topic in China. Beijing considers China a self-ruled democratic... You see? You see what I gotta deal with? No. Not while I'm doing my show. He's so horrible today. What? Why today? Why today of all days? Beijing considers Taiwan a self-ruled democratic island in a province that is part of China. And that's that's what's key here. They think it's part of China. Uh, therefore, referring to it as its own entity is considered offensive in China and disrespectful for some who may use it as an excuse to question Taiwan's relationship to the country. Why? 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 Why are you doing that? Um, so that's the whole point, right? So Taiwan considers itself to be an autonomous country. Um, it rules itself. It, it It's not connected to China, really. China, though, considers Taiwan to be a self-governing region of China, but like owned by China, like a Chinese territory. And this is this is a debate that's been going on since like the 1980s or something like that. And uh, most of the world recognized Taiwan as an independent nation, but China doesn't. China's like, no, 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 it's ours. We own it. Now, uh, Taiwan has gone, has been controlled by China in the past. It's been controlled by Japan in the past, but now it's considered to be um, to be an autonomous country. So, if you're an American, it's natural to say Taiwan is its own country. That makes sense. You would say that. There's nothing offensive about it. That's just the political position of the United States. Um, if you were to say that, and Chinese people were to get offended. 
Who cares? I mean, everybody knows what America's position is on Taiwan. But John Cena, and my guess, so I don't know who produces Fast and Furious 9. I should probably look that up. But um, apparently whoever produces Fast and Furious 9 freaked out. Oh, you can't say can't say Taiwan is its own country. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Just because China has a lot of money and a lot of people, that doesn't mean you can't offend them. You can totally offend them. It's fine. There's a lot of human rights abuses coming out of China. There's a lot of problems with China. They hate us. They're trying to destroy us. They're spying on us constantly. In many ways, you might consider China, I don't know, an enemy of the United States of America. So to sit there and say, oh, I can't, I can't offend an, an I can't offend them, I can't offend this, this uh, enemy of the United States, what the, what the hell are you thinking? Where are your loyalties? And here, this is why it's so sad. I like John Cena. I've never had a problem with him. I mean, I'm not like a wrestling fan or anything. I didn't w watch him growing up as, as like a fan of wrestling. But I've seen him in interviews. I've seen him on shows. I've seen him in movies. And I've always liked him. I always thought he was charismatic. I always thought he was a cool guy. Yeah, I, I've always thought he's all right. This is very disappointing to me. Um, you know, I, I don't have a particular like, yeah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't call myself a John Cena fan. It's just somebody that you kind of see in the peripheral, somebody who's, in the public eye sometimes, and you see him, and you don't think much about him, but you, you don't think negatively. And now you kind of have to, which I think is very frustrating. Hopefully he can sort this out. Aston, what the hell? Shut up! God, honestly. They, why? What are, you, what are you going crazy for? No. It's bizarre, guys. I don't know why tonight, today, he's gone so crazy. All right, let's see here. What's What's going on? Uh, Cena was promoting his role in the upcoming ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise on a... Aston! I don't know, sorry, guys. I don't know. I'm, it's live. I don't know what to do. I should have locked him in the... I can't lock I can't lock him in the bathroom right now because he's it's too high for me to grab. I have to go get a chair or something. Uh, let's see here. Cena was promoting his role in the upcoming ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise on a Taiwanese broadcaster when he said in Mandarin... Taiwan is the first country that can watch F9, which is what they're calling the Fast and Furious 9, 9 movie, according to the New York Post. So he was in Taiwan. I, apparently he speaks Chinese, which is bizarre. Uh, well, Mandarin, which is, I think there's two different. Oh, good. He's coming down. Maybe I can lock him in the bathroom now. What is up? Why are you streaming? No. Okay, well, let's move on here. His comment sparked an immediate backlash in China, which could have meant disaster for the film in one of its principal international markets. In order to address the backlash, Cena took to Chinese social media, the Chinese social media site Weibo, to issue an apology in Mandarin, which he has studied in the past in order to help promote his wrestling career internationally. He then shared the same video on Twitter. You know, maybe that was his mistake sharing it on Twitter, because if he would just have shared it, if he would have just shared it on, um, on Weibo, maybe, maybe nobody in America would even know what he had done. <laughs> Let's have a look at this. Uh, 
I have no uh, idea what so he's saying, but I gotta say, is it's pretty impressive how well he speaks Chinese. Uh, I wish we had the subtitles. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that what he's saying is, uh, please love me, I am pathetic, weak American, tiny penis, much smaller than Asian people, much, much smaller. And also, in America, uh, we all uh, marry our cousins. Because we're so despicable, uh, unlike you, sophisticated Chinese, who are so much better than us. You marry your second cousins, he says, which is much better. And uh, much less uh, possibility of having kids with problems. Bye-bye. That's what he said. Uh, hi, China. I'm John Cena. I'm in the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews, he said. I made one mistake. I have to say something... Very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I apologize. I'm very sorry. Uh, you must understand that I really love, really respect China and Chinese people. My apologies. See ya, he concluded. Um, despite ad addressing the situation, many were still unsatisfied with seeing his apology video. Yeah, apparently a bunch of people in China were like... Were like... Um, this is this is BS. He's still a complete dick. We don't like him and all that kind of stuff. Chinese people responding to this video. So the apology didn't do anything. <laughs> he should have just said. He should have just said. Chinese people. In a previous interview, I foolishly said something that I know that you're gonna hate. But you know what? Don't care. Suck it. <laughs> Probably Chinese Chinese people would have respected him more for saying that. But. Um, you know, whatever, whatever. All right, so despite the interview, GAF F9 still performed well in China, where it opened early ahead of its 25, 25 debut, June 25 debut in the U.S. Variety reports the latest installment of the action franchise raked in an impressive $137 million its opening weekend at the Chinese box office. Um, I'll still watch it. I love the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, um, you know, I used to think of it as a little bit embarrassing that I thought that the Fast and Furious movies were awesome because... I think people thought of them as like dumb action movies. Did I ever think of it as embarrassing? No, I didn't. I thought that I thought they were dumb action movies before I ever saw them because I I didn't watch the Fast and Furious movies for many years, like many years. I think probably like fifteen years after the first one came out it was the first time I ever saw one. And I watched my I was talking to my buddy about it. And he goes, I was talking about them kind of like they're stupid movies. And he's like, No, they're actually they're not that stupid. You should watch one. I was like, All right. So watch the first Fast and Furious. Movie. I was thinking this is actually very good movie like if you're a writer if you're a writer the story structure and the elements i mean it's a fairly simplistic uh f formula um and you might think all oh, these guys are kind of like you know just like meathead actors or something like that but no the writing is actually very very solid uh the story structure is very solid um the actors are actually great and there's really nothing bad about that first movie that first movie is um, is a successful film for a reason. I mean, it is a really well-made film. I don't think people really recognize um, the quality of it. Now, the, the problem with like, ho like snooty Hollywood folks is that if it's an action film, they just dismiss it. Uh, you know, you you'll never see an action film like win an Academy Award or anything like that. I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think movies like Fast and Furious are just as difficult to make as you know intellectual dramas or something. Um, 
and yeah, they make a lot of money and they, they have a big audience, but uh, they can still be done really, really well. You can have really great action films and you can have crappy action films. I made the mistake of assuming Fast and Furious was a dumb, cheap, crappy action film. I was wrong. That first film is excellent, and actually a lot of the subsequent films are also very, very good. Um, I mean, I, I think I pretty much like all of them. The only one I haven't seen is Tokyo Drift. I've never seen that one. I get because it's like it's like not really related to the other ones. But great series of films, so I will be watching that, and uh, and you should too. Don't 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 boycott Fast and Furious because of John Cena's idiotic rant and pathetic, pathetic, groveling apology to China. And John Cena, I mean, you're a charismatic guy, you got a great career ahead of you, and, uh, you know, besides your pathetic, groveling bitch apology to uh, China, I've always seemed to think that you were an alright dude, so um, sort yourself out, man. Try not to be a little bitch in the future. <laughs> the end. Moving on to the next story. Uh, what do we have here next? What do we have here next? Is anybody saying anything that I should no take note of? No, I don't think so. I think we're good. Dark Crusher says that my Mandarin translation is phenomenal. Well, thank you. Um, all right, let's see here. Story number three. Facebook now allows users to say that COVID was man-made. All right, now this isn't really a story so much uh, as, I mean, I'll go ahead and read the story a little bit, but I just, the whole reason I wanted to bring this up was simply to say this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Facebook. Oh, I, I just, I feel like we've been blessed in a way by the amazing lords of Facebook. Those, those magical beings at Facebook that, that grant us the freedom to say things that are true. Because, because, you know, none of us should really say anything that Facebook says we shouldn't say. So it's, it's really nice. It's really a relief. It's, 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 it is a kind of blessing when Facebook says, you know, they grant us, they sort of anoint us with the glorious ability to say things. I hate Facebook. I hate all these social media a-holes. Like, what the hell? We, they're, they're now allowing us to say certain things? F off, Facebook. You know what you need to let us say? Anything we flipping want to say. Now, what the hell are you banning us from saying things? Oh, I have an idea about something. I think it's like this. Facebook, uh, no. No, 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 no. You cannot say that. You cannot say things that we disagree with. You can only say the things that we approve. And if you think that, you're wrong. Well, no, we're not wrong, actually. Turns out we're flipping right. We're right about a lot of stuff. You know, we're not allowed to say that COVID escaped from a lab or that it was man-made, potentially maybe, man-made. We're not allowed to say that we think there was election fraud. You're not allowed to say that, guys, because the, the, uh, the, the magical beings on the left have determined through their magical wisdom and, and genius that, oh no, the election was perfect. And if we ever say anything other than that, well then we're going against the Facebook gods. The lords of YouTube. The kings of Twitter. Well, I do not give a crap what you morons think. And by the way, by the way, these degenerate 
companies. They they bring in these third party fact checkers. Uh, at least Facebook does. I think YouTube might do something similar, and uh, Twitter Twitter does for sure. They bring in these third party fact checkers to to determine what's true and what isn't. The problem is they're all flipping leftists. They're all leftists. I did a report on this the other day. It's like. Well, how the hell are you going to get a balanced view of what's really true and what isn't if you just bring in these radical, hardcore leftists, these anti-Trumpers, you know, these never-Trumpers, these people who, who they like BLM, they like Antifa, they prefer Joe Biden, they hate Trump, they hate Republicans, they hate conservatives, and, and shocker. For some reason, all the fact checkers, they always they're constantly pointing out things that that Republicans are saying and saying, that's a that's a lie, that's misinformation, that's a conspiracy theory. And they're constantly pointing out things Democrats are saying and, and going, actually, you know, you should leave, that's actually fine. That's actually good. Democrats can go ahead and say all that stuff. Despite the fact that all of it is absolute garbage. And it's not just absolute garbage in the sense like, I'm a conservative and I don't like what these leftists are saying. It's absolute garbage in the sense that, like, it's provably wrong. There's a lot of stuff Democrats say that's provably false. There's evidence to show that it's false. It's Some of it's even illogical. It doesn't even make sense. But that stuff never gets flagged. That stuff never gets banned. It's only what we're saying. And then it seems like every single time we say something, they get censored or banned. Turns out that it's true, right? Uh, turns out that it's true. Some of this stuff we know is true ahead of time, right? Um, oh, my brother's calling. You guys want to hear my brother for a second? Hold on a sec. Hey, Nick. Yeah. You are on the air. You want to say anything to the fans of toxic masculinity? Um, I have an amazing brother. <laughs> Well, John, uh, yeah, I, my other brother. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll I'll tell John that you said so. All right, brother, I should get back to the show. Uh, do you have any news? Anything exciting going on? Um, no, I just have a request of you later. A request, a personal thing, nothing to do with politics. My sister's turning forty, and I want you to print out some gag stuff for me. Oh, she's turning forty. Oh, that's cool. Where is she having a party somewhere? What's going on? Yeah, in her backyard, she's gonna have a barbecue, but um. I was gonna have you because you're not there. I well, I might, I might, I might. Maybe I'll fly up. Maybe you'll fly up. Yeah. I thought about you could make a purchasing her a plot, like a cemetery. Oh, plot. good, Nick. Come on, like she's that old. You, but I'm bad at faking stuff. But you're good at like making a document like. Like you. a fake. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you about it when I get done with the show. That's pretty funny. All right. You sicko. All right. Ch- chat soon, Nick. All right. All right. Bye, brother. Love you too. That was my brother Nick. He wants me to make a prank cemetery plot certificate because my sister's so old. That's a horrible joke. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I might fly up and surprise her. That's quite cool. Um, so I'll go to Oregon for a couple of days in, in June. That'll be fun. Uh, all right. Sorry about that uh, slight, slight uh, digression there. Interruption. Let's see here. The Western Journal says Facebook reverses course will now allow users to say COVID was man-made. Facebook is walking back at censorship of users who promote the theory that COVID originated in Wuhan, China, in the lab as the concept picks up steam around the country. 
I don't really want to read this article. There's, it's pointless. It's pointless. I, I really didn't want to feature this as news so much. I just wanted to talk about it uh, and sarcastically thank, uh, you know, the dukes of Facebook for for condescending to allow us to say things that are true. I mean, what a bunch of absolute pieces of garbage. You know, this this crap wouldn't happen where the where they find out. Oh, did we just censor something that's actually true? That wouldn't happen if you didn't censor things. There's no reason to censor stuff. I mean, they have this idiotic idea that conservatives are out there expressing ideas that are false because we're all a bunch of, you know, gullible morons. But that, but but worse than that, that the things that we're expressing to the public are dangerous, right? Their position is that we believe stupid things and those stupid things could lead to people getting hurt. What about... What is it? What could it possibly be about the Wuhan lab producing the virus that could possibly in any way hurt anyone? Maybe they maybe they were thinking that like that's somehow contributing to the anti-Asian violence that's occurring throughout the country. Um l- l- let me tell you something, Facebook. I highly doubt that any of the black thugs that have gone around beating up Asians in America recently, Have any of them have watched my show. All right? I don't think black thugs watch my show. I don't think white supremacists watch my show. I don't think Antifa watches my show. Maybe some of them just keep an eye on me. Um, I don't think any of the domestic terrorist types, BLM, uh, I don't think any of the kind of like radicalized people from either side, if you even want to consider white supremacist right wing, which I definitely do not. I don't think any of these radical types watch my show. None of them watch my show. None of them watch any of our shows in which we say we think that the virus came from the lab in Wuhan, right? That's not a level of news. That's not, uh, you know, speculation about current events that makes any difference whatsoever to the people beating up Asians in the streets. You know who's beating up Asians in the streets? morons 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 hear a little vague little thing in the news about you know the the virus coming from china which is absolutely true but they hear that one thing and then they immediately go ah chinese people are making us sick i hate those chinese people and then they beat up chinese people i don't know why i did like a hick accent i mean obviously these aren't hicks uh they're black thugs probably gang members you know, just the, the dregs of society, criminals, bad people. Um, you know, the weird thing about the left is, like, they don't want anyone to ever suspect that any black person could ever be a thug or a bad person uh, in the world. It's like the weirdest friggin' thing. They, they'll, they, they try to pretend every white person is bad, but every, white, every black person is, like, pure and perfect. It's like, guys... There are great black people, but there are also thugs and bad black people, too. There are, there are certainly racist white people and awful white people. There aren't very many, but there are some. But, the, but most white people are not bad people. You know, and the, the media's got everything all twisted. Like, all white people are bad, all black people are good. No, no, no. Some white people are good, some black people are good. Some, bla- some white people are bad, some black people are bad. 
that's how it goes. And that's it. And that's the end of the story. And it has nothing to do with your political views. It has nothing to do with your faith. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, even, even if you, it doesn't matter what group you're in or how you think about the world, that these are facts that can be, that can be perceived simply by living in the world for a little bit, right? Everybody knows this. Even, I think even people who are like, if you talk to like a, a really, really hardcore black racist, um, and you say, have you ever met any nice white people? I'm sure that he'll, that they'll probably go, yeah, I mean, of course I met some nice white people, right? So he is a racist despite his own experience, in spite of his own experience. And if you ask a, a, a white racist the same thing, like a hardcore skinhead white supremacist, you say, have you, have you ever met any good black people or have you ever known of any good black people? They're probably going to go, well, yeah, you know. So they're a racist despite their experience, right? So it's not... We, we, we all live in the world. We all see the good and the bad. And we see that it doesn't, you know, it's not... That all crosses racial lines, Good people and bad people of all races. That's it, right? That's it. So this, I mean, I don't know, whatever. That was a bit of a digression. But the point is, Facebook should not be telling us what we can say and what we cannot say because they think that conservatives all spread disinformation and all of disinformation is dangerous. No, it isn't. Stop censoring people. End of story. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? All right. All right. All right. Sorry. Wrong thing. Okay. There we are. Yes, that's what I need. Okay. Story number four. Oh, this is a good one, folks. This is a very good one. I'm, I'm going a little bit long today, but I'll try to, I'll try to keep these ones quick. Number four. Hunter and Joe... Sorry, let me try that again. Hunter and Joe's dinner with shady foreign business partners. All right, so what do we got going on here? Uh-oh, wrong thing. There we are. Hunter and, uh, sorry. Hunter Biden brought VP Joe to dinner with shady business partners. Thank you, New York Post, for reporting the truth, because nobody else seems to. Joe Biden met with Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates of his son at a dinner in Washington, D.C. while he was vice president. Record, uh, records on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop show. The dinner on April 16, 2015 was held in the private garden room at Cafe Milano, a Georgetown institution whose catchphrase is, where the world's most powerful people go. Oh, Cafe Milano. I have to write that down. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. I'll keep it in mind. Cafe Milano. I do occasionally go to Washington, D.C. So I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm not like a high roller, guys. I don't, um, I don't know where, where any of this stuff is. I don't have, I mean, I don't hang out with too many, like, important people. So I don't know that. But now I know it's a nice place to take Valeria, maybe. So I'll, I'll go there. Uh, the next day, Hunter received an email from Vladimir Pozarsky, an executive of the Ukraine energy company Burisma. Ah, Burisma. Where have I heard that name before? Hmm, sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to thank him for introducing him to his father. 
Dear Hunter, uh, sorry, let me, that's not how he said it, he said it like this. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to DC and giving me opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Uh, Pazarski wrote on April 17th, 2015. Uh, it's realty and honor to pleasure. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make that vulgar, but it turned out that way. All right. At the time, Burisma was paying Hunter $83,333 a month to sit on its board. It's annoying. But we all knew that, didn't we? Uh, Hunter Biden. Okay, let's see here. The, oh, this is the cafe. All right, I'll go there. Yeah, cool. Uh, the guest list prepared by Hunter three weeks before the Cafe Milano dinner included Russian billionaire Yelena uh, Baturina and her husband, corrupt former Moscow mayor Yuri Luz Luzkov, who has since died. Uh, Baturina wired $3.5 million on February 14, 2014 to Rosemont Seneca Thornton LLC, a Delaware-based investment firm co-founded by Hunter and Devin Archer, a former advisor to Secretary of State John Kerry, who I think Devin Archer is in prison right now. I'm not 100% on that, though. Uh, the wires were flagged in suspicious activity uh, reports provided by the Treasury to a Senate Republican inquiry to Hunter last year. Now, we knew about this, right? I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the uh, mayor of Moscow's wife gave him $3.5 million, and nobody knows why. We still don't know why. But this meeting may have had something to do with it. Uh, Hunter told guests before the dinner that his father would be attending. In an email, he appears to use his role on the board of the World Food Program USA as a cover story for the evening's true purpose of introducing his father to his business associates. Okay, the reason for the dinner is ostensibly to discuss food security, uh, writes Hunter on March 26 to Michael Karlutsos, son of the then head of the Greek Orthodox Church. Dad will be there, but keep that between us for now. Thanks. Uh, Karlutsos replies, everything is between us, all good. I know you mentioned your dad would probably join the dinner as well. But here's the thing. This is the problem with this message. In writing, by Hunter Biden, to one of those attending the the, uh, the dinner. This, this video here is um, captioned, Smoking Gun Email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukraine businessman to VP Dad. See, this is the problem. The word ostensibly, that's the problem. The word ostensibly indicates that this is a pretense, that the dinner is a pretense, or that the, not the dinner, but the um, the purpose of the dinner is a pretense, right? This idea that the dinner was going to be about food insecurity, or whatever, food security, that's a cover. There's There, there are other more important reasons that they're meeting that I'm not going to write about here. But you know what I'm talking about, guy. So the word ostensibly indicates that this is a cover. He shouldn't have written the word ostensibly. You write the word ostensibly, people know that this is not the real reason that you're having this dinner. If you're trying to talk in code and not discuss why you're actually doing something, don't write the word ostensibly, you moron. All right, let's keep reading. Whoa, what is this? Oh, this is the email here. The dinner raises questions about how much Joe Biden, who has claimed ignorance of his son's activities, knew about Hunter's dealings with foreign businesses and government officials. Three officials from Kazakhstan were also invited to the Cafe Milano dinner, including Mark Holtzman, then chair of the former Soviet Republic's largest bank, 
Holy smokes. Uh, Kaz Commerzbank. That wasn't so hard. Mark Holtzman. That's the least ru Russian name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Mark Holtzman. That's very German. It's like a very German name, but uh, G Germans run a lot of banks. So. so this is an email from this guy. Looks good. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me opportunity to meet father and spend time together. It's really an honor to pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, would be great to meet today for quick coffee. What do you think? I should come to office somewhere around noon or so before on my way to airport. Best V. If I'd been quick enough, I would have made a better joke there. But anyway. Okay, so we got the list there. We've got everything. I mean, I don't want to keep reading this, but. Anyway, we, we, we have that idea of who was supposed to be there and what was going on. And this just flies in the face of all the BS that uh, Joe Biden always said. Oh, no, 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 no. I never, I never uh, talk business with my son. I never talk business with my son. Horse shit. Excuse the language. I don't like using foul language, but honestly, Joe Biden pisses me off. I mentioned this in a previous video, and I'll mention it here now. Democrats will obviously say that, well, Hunter Biden has every, has every right to make as much money as he wants off of his father's name. It might not be... It might not look good. You know, it might seem a little shady to Americans, but there's nothing illegal about that. There's nothing unethical about that. He's just using his father's name to gain access, and people want to work with him because he's a Biden. He can't help that, and I, and I agree, actually, to some degree with that. Um, the problem is that once these international interests get a hold of Hunter and are giving him money, and there's a steady flow of income there, or a promise of income. Deals can fall apart if Joe Biden doesn't fall in line. There's a lot of room for manipulation there of the Vice President of the United States by foreign powers if that much money is flowing to his son. So what I suspect, and what seems very obvious to me, and just about everyone else who looks at this stuff, and has been looking at this stuff, especially the work... Uh, that's been done by um, what? What is his name? I'm looking at the book right now. Peter Schweitzer. The work that's been done by Peter Schweitzer. You know, everybody who's read his books, everybody who's followed all this stuff for for you know the last couple of years, or however long we've been following it. It's fairly obvious to all of us that. Joe Biden has been taking bribes, right? He has been manipulating American foreign policy so that his son can get paid more money by foreign entities. This violates the rule of law in America. Joe Biden should be in prison right now. Hunter Biden should be in prison right now. The fact that they're not in prison right now indicates that there are two systems of government Two systems of government. Two systems of justice in our American government, right? There is one system of government for most Americans. 
And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There are three systems of justice in America. There's one for most Americans. There's one for Republicans, which is particularly harsh. And then there's one for Democrats, which is there is no justice for Democrats. They can just do whatever they want. There's no justice system. There's no, they don't get arrested. They don't get investigated. They don't get tried. They don't get convicted. Nothing. Democrats have, essentially, they have, they, there's no consequences for criminal activity for Democrats, right? Um, they just basically get away with everything. That, that, this is why so many people have so many conspiracy theories about the Clintons and what they've been able to get away with. You know, Democrats are always saying, oh, this is crazy, this talk about the Clintons. Well, how about this? How about stop committing crimes and getting away with it, and then Republicans will stop having conspiracy theories about other crimes that you are committing and getting away with? How about that? I mean, do I think all of the theories about what Hillary and Bill have gotten away with are, are accurate? No, I don't think they're all accurate. Do I think some of them are? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that Joe and Hunter have gotten away with a lot because I've seen the research. I've done my own research. I've looked into this in great detail. And the fact that these people aren't being investigated by the authorities, they're not being arrested, it's just like, it just, it makes me sad that America has fallen to this point where Washington, D.C. is this corrupt. And we all know there's a bit of corruption in D.C., but this is crazy. The level of corruption in D.C. at the moment is not acceptable, not even remotely acceptable. I mean, no, no amount of corruption is really acceptable, but this is utterly unacceptable. All right, that is it for that story. I'm going to move on to the next one. And the next one I actually think is the best story of the day. Uh, there we go. This Because this is, this is an optimistic story. This is a, this is a positive story. Click on this. Okay, I'm going to play a video for you guys. So I'm going to get my headphones on. But story is this. Mike Lindell says that Donald Trump will be back in the White House by August. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. It's very exciting, ladies and gentlemen. If he's right, if he's right. And I, I think that he is right. I hope that he's right. But again, like I said, I am a massive optimist. So... Is he right? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out, right, in the coming months. And uh, but let me switch over here to the video. This is an interview <clears throat> from Steve Bannon interviewing Mike Lindell. This is what Mike Lindell has to say. Let's watch this. Walk us through the critical path of the air game. Well, it started, you know, when I first got the evidence, and that, that was on January 9th. And as I got more and more and did my own due diligence and had teams of people gathering this, what we have is we have cyber. They're called cyber packets. These are forensic packets that you can change. They're 100% evidence of each flip that happened, each attack by China. And, and what I did then is I wanted to make sure I went out and got cy the, the best white hat hackers uh, different ones from different uh, parts of the government that are that are protect our country. They validated everything. So now we have our royal flush to bring to the Supreme Court. But what we're doing now, we have about, I believe it's five different cyber teams, different teams where we're doing audits right now. And uh, we're going to start with uh, um, 
different states. That some of the states that uh, that aren't part of the, uh, the aren't the swing states, so to speak. And we're getting those attorney generals because it happened in every state, Steve. And help these uh, this attack happened in every state. We're getting these attorney generals on board, and we want to have like oh anywhere from four to wait, the the sky's the limit on board and they will now when they're on board which we already have some and we're going to get a lot more when they're on board then the lawyers right now are writing up the case as we speak and and this will end up then within five to six weeks get to the supreme court with them being the plaintiffs we set it on their doorstep and i'm telling you by that point everyone in this country knows this case is coming those all it is if they accept it which they will they will vote nine zero, not eight to one, not seven to two, nine zero because it's so obvious and you can't you can't lie. You can't it's hundred percent. This is it. Um Rachel Mano and and MSNBC and CNN are going, Wow, it wasn't a conspiracy theory. This is an attack on our country. It's gonna pull this election down and uh, and what they do then, that's uh there has been precedence before and that's in down tickets. When you find a crime has been committed, of course you give it to the person that actually won. So I've said it before. Um, Donald Trump, I believe, will be back in by the end of August. So that's sorry, Valeria wrote me at the last second there. I was distracted. Um, yeah. So that's pretty like crazy news, right? I mean, Mike Lindell is predicting that. Donald Trump's going to be back in office by the end of August. That is pretty mental. And he made a really good point, which was that um, there is precedence, uh, which is that when people, he's talking about down-ballot candidates, which is um, basically like mayors or senators, people like that. Um, we've never had precedent for a, a, a we've never had pre precedent for a president <laughs> uh, to be caught having won his election through fraud. Well, we we do have some president precedent precedent precedent. Anyway, I'm I'm getting all mixed up now. We do have president precedent for down ballot candidates for mayors and and people like that. So and it, he makes a great point. I hadn't really heard anybody say that before. That makes perfect sense. And and it does. I mean, there really is no other option really than to replace biden with the true winner which is donald trump if you re if you recount the ballots and you find out the trump won now i was talking to a friend of mine about this and we had kind of discussed that um silver two or one block because there's only two silvers and one block and that's it yeah get them all that's fine uh, okay. i'm on the air do you want to say hi to the public of course <laughs> right to the public <laughs> so anyway there's valeria shopping for uh, what appears to be a giant tax you know the the tax are jacks jacks whatever all right all right darling i'll see you when you get home okay, okay bye you know those that game jacks that you play and and you grab the jacks she, she's found some big ones she just sent me a picture she's like you want me to buy it i'm like yeah sure it's kind of a nice little decoration i don't know we'll see maybe they look good maybe they don't but um <clears throat> yeah so i think i think mike lindell makes a great point you know uh so there is some degree of pre but okay so i was talking to a buddy of mine and we were talking about how if this all works out because he has a lot of inf inside information as to what's going on in 
in the audits, especially Atlanta, uh, not Atlanta, sorry, uh, Maricopa in, in Arizona. And so we were saying, okay, well, if this happens, if this actually happens, and we're able to prove all this stuff, then what do we do? And his idea was that we would just have another vote. And I think that could actually be a better idea than just giving it to Trump. And the reason I think that could be a better idea is that if we don't have another vote, a lot of Democrats, a lot of Democrats are never going to accept that Trump was a valid, validly elected. Um, they're going to think it was stolen. And, you know, despite the fact that a lot of conservatives think that the election was stolen, um, including myself... I don't think that it is a good idea to just say, okay, you stole the election and therefore, and we, we proved it. And therefore we're just going to take the, we're just going to take it back because even though we have every right to do that, or we would have every right to do that if it was proved, I still think we need to take that extra step of just, you know, doing things in a way that, will be accepted by more Democrats as correct, right? As, do, you know, taking all the right steps, doing things all above board. I think Trump would actually agree with me on that. Um, you know, we got to, you know, it, once you, when you do things the right way as a Republican, yeah, it's a lot more work. You got to take 10 extra steps than everybody else. But, you know, that's that's the right way to do it. It's it's the most, it's it's... It's the way to retain the confidence of the nation. And I think that that's an important thing to do. You know, you don't want to put people off. As conservatives, we want the truth. We want higher quality of life. We want to benefit Americans. We don't want to lie to everybody. We don't want to appear to be lying to everybody. We want to do everything in such a way that people can be confident that what we're doing is honest and right. And so we, maybe we have to take that extra step. I don't know if we can just give it to Donald Trump. I think I think, an, I think a, like a, a new vote might might be the best way forward. I don't know. It's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to organize, but maybe we will have to do it. Maybe a vote that's all hand counted. Maybe that's how we do it. Um, but anyway, special election, right? That's what they call it, special election. But another thing that Mike Lindell said in that interview, which I thought was quite, um, quite a profound thing to say, was that he was saying that there's so much evidence, it's going to be so overwhelming, that even Rachel Maddow will have to acknowledge that indeed th this election was fraudulent. That is a bold statement. That is a hell of a statement. <laughs> um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that even if we have smoking gun evidence, videotape, paper trail, every kind of evidence you could possibly imagine, even if it's on NBC News, CNN, every other network, Every other reporter is saying, yep, this election was stolen. Even if we have that level of recognition of a stolen election, I still think Rachel Maddow and Joy Behar are going to be on their shows going, yeah, but was it really stolen? I don't think so. I think Biden actually won. You know, they're, they're going to, they're the holdouts. I don't know if Rachel, I don't know if you're ever going to win Rachel Maddow, Mike. I mean, that's, I, I'm an optimist, but that is, that's optimistic. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, all right, guys. I'm done with this story. So that's the end of that one. <laughs> and that is the end of the news as well. Uh, there was a, another little 
tag to the end of that story I was going to do, but I'm not going to do it. I'm too happy about this Mike Lindell thing. Uh, I don't want to taint it with bad news. Um, there's some Republican government governors that apparently don't like Mike Lindell, but like screw them, you know. Um, we know that there's some rhinos in the Republican Party. We need to get rid of them. Instead, let's just dwell on the positive. Dwell on the positive. And I'm going to take you guys' questions and comments. If you guys have anything to say, I want to hear it. Um, sorry. Let's see here. Okay. So let me move the thing over. All right. Frank James says, if it comes out that the election was fraudulent, it would mean that Trump won the election. Therefore, he should be reinstalled as president. Well, I agree. I mean, of course, everybody everybody thinks that. Well, everybody's smart. Um, Gamma Goblin Miller says, you don't think justice will ever find him? You're talking about um, Biden and, and, uh, and Hunter. Well, okay, so here's the thing. One of the reasons I think I think that Republicans have avoided going after leftist politicians in the past is that there's this idea that like you don't go after your political opponents using the judiciary, using the justice justice system because that's what they do in third world countries, right? So if you're a dictator and you don't want any opposition, you have your opponent arrested. And there's always been this sense that, like, we don't want to appear to be dictatorial. So we, we won't do that, even if there is reason to arrest our political opponents. So Republicans don't tend to go after Democrats. And instead, we would rely on other Democrats to go after Democrats. We wouldn't go after them ourselves, typically, I think. Um but I think that needs to end because Democrats are coming after us hardcore and they're coming after us for trumped up charges. They're coming after us for crimes we didn't actually commit. And, oh, Ashley sent me some super chats. <laughs> uh, they're coming after us for crimes that we didn't commit. Um, so if, if Democrats are willing to try to go after... American conservatives for crimes they didn't commit. We need to, to be willing to go after them for crimes they did actually commit, at least. Well, I mean, certainly we wouldn't go after them for crimes they didn't commit because we're not disgusting, fake, lying, cheating, horrible people. But like, look what they're doing with Donald Trump. They're investigating him for, but they don't have a crime to investigate him for. The Southern District of New York is just on a fishing expedition trying to find some kind of something that they can charge Trump with so that they can send him to prison. They're persecuting political enemies. This Again, this is total corruption. Um, so we need to stop that, right? I think Letitia James, who is the, the prosecutor out there, she needs to go to prison for what she's doing. What she's doing is totally illegal. You cannot, you cannot just dig through a person's uh, whole life and try to find something to, to put them in prison for. You know, that, that need, if it's not, if there's not some crime associated with it, there needs to be. She needs to go to prison. What she's doing is totally corrupt. Um, somebody else, what's the other super chat that I got here? From AR15, Kyle writes, uh, this is why dogs are better. <laughs> Talking about my cat, Aston. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Aston acts a lot like a dog. My cat acts a lot like a dog. I would say that I prefer normal cats, not necessarily Bengals, because... 
I like the independence of a cat. You don't have to like dogs always need attention. You need to walk them. You need to, you know, they they need they need attention. They need to be loved. Cats don't need to be loved. Cats are cool with you. You know, they can ignore you. They're fine. They could do their own thing. They're independent. I have a, a lot of respect for that. Aston, on the other hand, acts like a dog. The only thing that is not like a dog is he doesn't want to cuddle, and so that drives Valeria nuts because Valeria always wants to cuddle with the cat, and he's not into that. Um, but he he's very loud, like dogs. Some dogs are quite loud. And there's other things. He'll, he'll, he'll fetch, which is really weird. Bengals can fetch, which is like a very weird thing. But um, Let's see here. Frank James also writes, do you record videos in 4K? I do record my videos in 4K, yes. I post all my videos in 4K. But the videos from Toxic Masculinity are automatically downscaled to 1080p because they're streamed. Uh, and streaming in 4K is, uh, I don't even know if you can stream in 4K on YouTube. If you can, I should figure that out because I, I should be able to stream in 4K, but I've never, for some reason, it's always downgraded. Um, I might have done that when I set it up originally just so there's a cleaner stream because 4K is kind of hard, I think, hard to stream 4K. Uh, let's see here. Jeff Beal writes, your show is so nice, I listen to it twice, live and Google Podcasts. I love when I hear my question the next day. Well, I love when you ask questions, Jeff. Um, Jeff Beal's been with me for a while now, and uh, good man, good man. He says, uh, you seem like the kind of guy that would water ski. Any water sports? I love water skiing. I love water skiing. I love water skiing. I I, I used to go water skiing. I used to go... Um, I used to go wakeboarding. I used to go do the inner tubes. I think the inner tubes were my favorite when I was a little kid. Because even though skiing skiing is good because skiing is kind of like more of like... A, you feel like you, you're accomplishing something. You're like doing something. You're like up. You're balancing. You're like, you know, it's a little bit hard... It's more physical, but when I was a kid, when I was like a teenager, we we used to have a jet boat. My my dad would take us on the on the jet boat, and then like two of you would get into those um, <laughs> the inner tube things. I don't remember what they used to call them. And we used to hold on for dear life, and he used to go crazy fast, and he'd go over bumps and 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 around. You know, he'd make a big circle, and then he'd kind of like take the boat through it and we'd go flying off these bumps and stuff like that but the really cool thing was that if there would be two of us like these guys you know maybe one or two people on an inner tube here and then one or two people on an inner tube here if you'd ram into each other you could maybe like knock the other person off <laughs> and it was a lot more dynamic it was more like a game right where it was like a war kind of and so I like the competitive aspect of of the inner tubes, despite the fact that there was it was more of like a sport, I guess you'd call it. Or it was a bit more physical to be on skis. And I love skiing, water skiing, and I loved, uh, but I loved those inner tubes ramming into each other. I mean, I had a great childhood. Now you're making, you're giving me good memories of Detroit Lake over in Oregon. Nothing to do with Detroit, Michigan. I don't know why. Just different people, different places have the same name. I, I was born in Dallas. Oregon, which is weird because, you know, nobody even knows there's a place called Dallas in Oregon. Uh, let's see here. Abel Garcia writes, I'm pretty sure Aston is watching you right now and thinking about how to get you back for these comments. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been planning his uh, attack for for months, I'm sure. Uh, Yankee the Rebel uh, says, I really don't understand 
Yankee the Rebel is, of course, Ashley, the woman who who uh, compiles my story series. I really don't understand why the left's end game, what the left's end game is. Most leftists seem to want to fight and be angry just for the sake of fighting and being angry. Smegley says, no intro? <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that because... Uh, all right, so I'm going to close out here, but I, I have to... I have really, really, really bad news. Really unfortunate, really sad news. And this is really sad because I, I really even hate saying it. I don't want to say it. I'd rather just... Maybe say it tomorrow or something, but I think I should say it now. Um, I'm actually going to stop doing the show. I'm going to stop doing the show. Tomorrow is actually going to be the last broadcast. And it's it's sad, and it's crappy, and it's not, it's not ideal, and it's not what I want to do. Uh, because I love doing this show. Uh, you know, I really love doing this show. In fact, I look forward to doing this show every single day. And and you might say, well, okay, well, if you love doing something, why are you stopping doing it? Because when you have a business, like YouTube is my business, essentially. And I have to figure out what is the most optimal way to spend my time. And this show is much more fun for me to do, actually, than Mr. Reagan is. Sometimes Mr. Reagan can be amazingly fun to do. Sometimes it's kind of crappy to do, and it's kind of painful and unpleasant. This show is always fun to do. This show is always good to do. It's always a good time. It's always a nice thing for me to do during the day. And it's actually been good for my life, because it's structured my life in a way where I know at 6 o'clock every night i got to go live, so I have to prepare early, and then, but there's a couple problems with me doing this show. One of the problems is it takes at least three hours a day to do this show for me. Um, sometimes a little bit more than that. But that's three hours that I don't have to work on my Mr. Reagan show. That's three hours I don't have to do some of the other stuff that I do. And it just takes so much time away from my other stuff. And the show doesn't really make me any money, which is fine. I mean, that's not, the, that's not like that big of a deal. But it is a big deal when I think of my responsibilities outside of the show. And there could be a time when we bring the show back. But it didn't grow as much as I needed it to to be something that is a sustainable thing for me. Um, I just don't get any views on this show. I mean, I get, I mean, in terms of like, we're talking about YouTube noob numbers, right? We're not talking about, of course I get views on the show. But I don't get decent YouTube numbers, right? We're not talking about 10,000 views or anything above that, right? We're talking we're talking about fairly low numbers for everything I put out on this show. And I tried to give it a long time to grow and it just it got to a certain point and it started to stagnate. And I think for the most part I blame myself for that, right? I just wasn't able to produce a show with um the kind of format or the kind of content or the kind of charisma maybe that was necessary to build the show into something that was bigger. I wasn't able to build a big audience. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not 100% sure why I was unable to build an audience for this show. I had to kind of maybe reflect on that. And then maybe maybe in a few months or maybe a year or something like that, if I want to shift into a direction in which I do live streams again, maybe we'll move on into that. Um, I may do a live stream thing for Mr. Reagan once a week. That's something people are trying to get me to do. I may do it. I may not. I haven't decided yet. If I do that, 
it'll it'll be one day a week. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but it's just it's just such a, a, a difficult choice for me to make because I really wanted to continue to do the show, but I also need to free up some time. Uh, and I needed to free up some time for a variety of reasons. I'm trying to get this cartoon done. I'm trying to write two books. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get some fitness, a fitness routine in, which is almost impossible to do. I have almost no time during the day to do all the things I want to do. I mean, even even part of the things I want to do, I don't have the time the time of the day. So. Something had to give, and I, I had to get rid of the show. It's just definitely not something I want to do. So tomorrow will be the last broadcast. Ah, it, it, is, it is honestly the worst uh, thing for me. And part of it is because I really love you guys. I really love you guys. Like, I, I th- this, is, this is something that I don't really connect v- very much with the Mr. Reagan audience. I mean, I do in the, in the, in the comment section. I'll go in the comment section. I'll talk to people. And I've gotten emails in the past. Um, it's, it, there was a point when I was getting so many messages, it was really hard for me to take messages anymore. But I do still occasionally go into my DMs and Twitter, and I'll just write people occasionally. But that's pretty rare these days. I, I almost never go into Facebook anymore. I used to go to Facebook all the time. There were just too many messages. It got too overwhelming. And so this was an, another way I could get a smaller audience, and I could talk to you guys. And it's, honestly, I absolutely love this show. Uh, but it's just something that's become untenable for me to continue to do. So I'm going to have to end it. And again, hopefully I'll be able to bring it back one day. But as it is, tomorrow will be the last broadcast, which is, again, it's very sad for me. And I, don't, I know some of you won't care, but I know others of you will be awfully disappointed. And I am sorry to disappoint everybody. I did try to build this into something bigger, but it just wouldn't. And I had to put my focus on other things so obviously i'll be doing a lot of mr reagan stuff and uh so i will see you there but until then it's just going to be tomorrow and that's it uh abel says uh you're my top five youtubers sorry elijah's number one hopefully you can do this show again yeah elijah's great elijah's great thanks man um somebody wrote something about peloton i do i do have a peloton yeah uh, I got a Peloton, so I I use that for my cardio. Um, Smilesg, oh sorry, Smiles G, writes. Uh, I've only one super chat chatted this show. This may very well be my last super chat. I'm sorry, man. I mean, guys, like uh, <laughs> Frank James says, if you quit, I'll kill my dog. Do you want that on your conscience? No, do not kill your dog, please. Um, Jeff Beal says, I appreciate your honesty about it. You're awesome. Thanks. You know, guys, uh, yeah, I, I live mad. Uh, I'll try to live happy if if you don't mind. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that you guys, um, yeah, and, and find, you know, Ashley's posting, Yankee the Rebel is posting uh, her, her Facebook on there. So go ahead and... Uh, and click on that, and everybody can hopefully stay connected. And that's one thing that's a huge disappointment, is you guys are an amazing community. Um, the way you guys chat to each other in the chat is just, I mean, I love you guys. I think you guys are awesome. And it's going to be sad to get rid of the show. But again, hopefully we bring it back eventually. And uh, and I will all see, see all of you guys tomorrow 
for one more show. Uh, and uh, hopefully Valeria will be here. I'll try to force her. All right, guys. Until then, stay awesome. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much that is not so. And I should say the rest of it, right? I should say that we are the least professional show on YouTube. And I'm toxic. Valeria is masculine. And together we are toxic masculinity. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Good night. Toxic masculinity.